How are you? I'm glad you're here. Thanks for tuning in today. I have a great guest lined up for you as we kick off National Recovery Month here in September. Uh, but before I introduce our guest today, uh, and might I add, he is a mighty servant in the recovery community, so we're really excited to talk to him today. This episode is brought to you by Promises Behavioral Health. Now, if you're struggling through the pains of addiction, a mental health disorder, uh, now's the time to seek some help. Maybe you've been waiting a while. You don't know which way to go. I know I went through that myself. Maybe it's affected your job, your social life, a relationship. Maybe you're just exhausted like I was, and you're just tired of doing the same thing over and over and over. Uh, I was telling myself when I was going through this, you're going to quit. You're going to stop. Tomorrow's going to be different. And then sure as heck, there I am again doing the same thing over and over. So I know that repetitive process and I know how frustrating it can be. Uh, I've been there. And let me tell you this, you're not alone. So you have an opportunity to get back on track, to get back to being the real you. Uh, Promises Behavioral Health is here. They can help you. And not only yourself, they can help a loved one too. Maybe you have a spouse, a family member, a child who's struggling out there. They can answer some of those questions for you. So let me tell you what you can do. Here's how you can get some more information. Uh, you can go to promisesbehavioralhealth.com slash sober guy. The team over there has created a great page. There's some pictures that even our family on there uh, to express the positivity and the possible uh, the possibility that families can recover uh, in recovery as well too. So one more time, that's promisesbehavioralhealth.com slash sober guy, or you can just call the good old fashioned telephone, 888-205-1890. That's 888-205-1890. Tell them that you heard about them from that sober guy podcast. Uh, two more quick resources, and then we're going to start the show officially Obviously, a lot of us are having to go through digital meetings. I know that's been uh, a huge uh, change for a lot of people, but it's also been a solid resource for a lot of people and you can do it anywhere, no matter where you're at. Uh, so number one, Promises has some meetings. It's their rooted program and you can go on uh, promisesbehavioralhealth.com and you can check those meetings out there. Uh, also, you can go to that soberguide.com slash get help. And there's also a daily AA Zoom meeting on there at 6 p.m. Pacific time. And uh, all the info, the login info is there as well. And I encourage you, whether you use either of those or not, look, just do a search on the internet. What are some uh, digital meetings? There's a ton of them out there right now that people have started up since all of this has gone on in this crazy year of 2020. So um, I'm glad you guys are here today. Let's officially start the show. That Sober Guy podcast contains adult content, merciless truth, and emotional nudity. Listener discretion is advised. I'm Shane Raymer. You're listening to That Sober Guy Podcast, and we help people stay sober. Uh, be sure to check us out at thatsoberguy.com. You can connect with us on Instagram, at RealThatSoberGuy, on Twitter, at Shane Raymer, and uh, on Parlor at RealThatSoberGuy. Now, our guest today is Rob Wagoner, and Rob has an extensive background serving in the recovery community. Uh, and I figured I'd let him tell you firsthand a little bit more about what that entails as I was going over some of uh, uh, Rob's work history and service to the recovery community. It's quite extensive, so we're going to chat a little bit about that. Uh, but Rob most recently serves as chairman of the board for Promises Behavioral Health. He's got over 35 years uh, in the behavioral health care industry, and uh, we're excited to chat with him today to kick off officially National Recovery Month. So, 
Rob, it's really great to have you on the podcast today. We've we've been working together uh, for quite a few years now, kind of um, inadvertently, I guess, and we've met a few times, and it's really great to be able to have an opportunity to sit down and, and chat with you today, man. So welcome to the show. Thanks, Shane. It's it's good to be here. It's good to see you. I know that we're a podcast, but I love I, I love our virtual world. I still like seeing people face to face. Yeah, uh, you know this is next best thing, and I don't have to wear my mask. Yeah, exactly. I know, <laughs> I know, and it's uh, it's definitely different. Um, and I think it's it's been easy uh, for somebody like me who. Um, you know, I think a lot of us are like this too. When, when, when things don't go necessarily the way we think they should be or what yeah. they once were, uh, adjusting to those changes and trying to, uh, trying to do that can be tough sometimes. So, you know, I miss the in-person meetings, but, uh, until, you know, until things kind of go back to, uh, what they were, which I'm not sure they, they, I don't think it'll ever go back to the way it was before. Put it that way. What do you think about that? <laughs> No, I, I'll, I'll be honest with you. The you know, God knows that 2020 has been a year full of the unexpected, uh, the circumstances beyond our control, mm-hmm. and you know the drill, Shane, better than anybody probably. That unfortunately, we learn and we grow the most through pain and suffering. Mm-hmm. And so, my hope, my hope, and I'm seeing it all over the place. My hope is that uh, we really embrace the growing number of silver linings. That are that are coin, that are coming out of 2020 and that will continue to come out of 2020. And for me, there is a I have a large number of people in my family that uh, cannot interact socially. I have one who has MCS, uh, kind of multiple chemical sensitivity. My father is 89 years old. Uh, and, you know, and my my father and my cousin are Zoom beasts now. And they're like, finally, <laughs> finally, 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 the world has come to us. Yeah. And so, you know, my hope uh, is that we continue. And, you know, Shane, there's a, there's a big selfish and self-centered piece of me that uh, I love not having the drive time, you know? <laughs> I, know I mean, I love right. not having the drive time. Yeah. I'm picking up, I'm it more productive today than I was before COVID-19. Yep. Uh, and I do love uh the ability to kind of reach out and connect with people that uh, otherwise would not be within a, you know, a 30 minute drive radius, you know, I think there's so much that's incredible. That's coming out of COVID-19. It has been hard as hell. It's not over yet. uh, You know, but it is the, it is the pain and suffering through which we learn the most. And, and, you know, there's something to be grateful for every day, man. Yeah, man, I, I love that. And thank you for that reminder, uh, even just right now in this moment, because it is easy to complain about. It's not like this. It's not like that. It should be like this. This should be done. And I was talking to my sponsor uh, yesterday just about acceptance. And even though sometimes things aren't the way that I think they should be, whether I'm right or wrong in that, um, yeah. I have to learn to accept it. And, and when I was getting ready this morning, you know, one of my go-to tools, one of the first things I learned in recovery, the serenity prayer, just let me go back to that nice and simple, um, and, and help to kind of ground me because man, it's been, it's been tough. I, I've, I know I've had my, my fair share of, uh, some weird yeah. days. And then on the, uh, on the, on the meeting thing, it's great. Like I found a meeting on Fridays at noon. And so like I can work and then all of a sudden I just switch over at noon and log on and I'm right here and I can get a quick meeting in. And then, yeah, so it's got its positives, uh, positives for sure. Yeah. You, you, you know, I, I I couldn't agree more, but I I will say 
Um, you know, again, let's keep talking about silver linings. I don't know that any of us have been tested and pushed into a, a truly deeper, I'm talking rock bottom, deeper level of acceptance uh, than we have in 2020. Uh, you know, you talk about, you know, you kind of go, well, who could have foreseen a, you know, a pandemic coming? Well, you know, you talk about life on life's terms, my God, I mean, we've just all been hit upside the head with a two by four, uh, that life on life's terms means you, you can't really prepare for everything, but when it comes, uh, you know, the good news for me uh, and you is that we're not in this alone, you know, mm. and, and we find ways to connect and we have, uh, you know, we really have ramped up, you know, life. We've ramped up life on life's terms. Yeah. And that is not a bad thing. And I, and I have to say, again, one of the earliest recovery phrases, very powerful for me, was that gratitude and fear cannot occupy the same space. Mm. And I love that. I love that, you know? So, you know, in, in our conversations, you know, if you're, if you're in the place of small talk these days, you know, you get together, you call a friend, and it's small talk. And, it, and you know, the, the leading topic for us is COVID-19 and what's coming next, yeah. you know, who's on first and, you know, who's not wearing <laughs> my, and we start getting into political and, you know, I have really been working at stepping away from those conversations and redirecting them because they take me into negativity so mm. fast. And, uh, and so to just have for me a reminder that gratitude and fear, they just can't occupy the same space. Yeah. And, and honest to goodness, uh, Shane, I, I used to be a news junkie and I, and that kills me. I mm -hmm. just can't do it anymore. You know, I have very limited exposure to the news these days. I just want to know, you know, if there's anything I need to know about and get the heck off of it. Uh, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, uh, I, I appreciate you saying that. I, I always believe that conversations or meetings or, uh, you know, experiences uh, happen for a reason. I'll just be the first to admit I needed to hear that. So thank you. <laughs> it's so easy to get, you want to know. I'm, I'm one of those guys. I want to know everything. I want to know this, that try to figure it out, you know, and that's, that's probably what got me in trouble for a long time. But, uh, in any case, thank you for saying that. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do my part to work on that a little bit. Let's kind of switch gears. I want to learn a little bit more about you, about your background. I mentioned in the, uh, in, in the yeah. opening, the, the bio, uh, you have an extent, you've been doing this for a long time, man. You've got a lot of service over the years. And, uh, so maybe we can just start by backtracking a little bit about learning a little bit about yourself, Rob. Yeah. You know, um, boy, I'll try to be as brief as I can. Uh, I grew up with, with some measure of resentment because my older brother popped out of the womb knowing that he was going to be a doctor, you know, and that, that just, all that always irritated the living hell out, of me, yeah. you know, and, uh, and he is, you know, today he's a radiologist in Louisville. Uh, you know, I'm 56 years old and I'm still trying to figure out what I want to be when I grow up. Uh, and, and that really was my path. And I would say that, and I, and I counsel a lot of young people kind of trying to figure out their way and their path. And I will always say, you know, what drives you? What are your, what are your, I'm going to challenge them on their inner purpose. What's their purpose? What's their passion? Uh, my purpose today, and it may change tomorrow, but my purpose today, and we're only here on this earth for a brief period of time. I mean, a snapshot of time. Yeah. And so what am I going to do? And, and what is God calling me to be? And my purpose today is to facilitate connection uh, through service to others. That's mm -hmm. why I exist today. It may change tomorrow. 
And uh, early in my career, I was stumbling around trying to figure my way out. I started out in accounting, I ended up with a degree in general communications because that gave me a, a degree, man. Yeah. You know, I was like, I don't want to be an accountant. <laughs> and I ended up working in the in television news uh, right out of college, you know, running around with a Bronco and a massive camera the size of Nebraska on one side <laughs> and a big VCR hanging from a cable on the other side. Oh, wow. Uh, but I, I was the weekend news editor and I didn't have anything to do Monday through Friday. And I had uh, done some youth ministry work. I loved working with kids. So I was looking for a job to just volunteer with kids in not-for-profit settings. And there was a job that said therapist assistant slash driver. And, uh, you know, it was driving vans, inner city, picking up kids and working at a mental health center. Uh, and man, I fell in love with just, you know, what, what any, I think, normal person would label just the baddest kids in the world, you know, and I just fell in love with them. I, I really did fell in love with them. I looked around me and saw these people with social work degrees and psychology. And, and I, I was like, this is it, man. This is where I want to be. I, and I didn't make, you know, I basically, I quit television and, mm. and took a job for $11,000 a year, man. And went back to school at night and finished my social work degree. Um, so, you know, I, where I am today and I look back and I, goodness knows, I kind of see how all the pieces were necessary and how they all kind of came into play today, you know, background in accounting and business and communications and then service and social work. But, you know, you don't go into social work for the money or the title or the status or the power unless you're an idiot. Um, and, uh, but really early on, Shane, I, I discovered that my gifts were as much my, micro right? Kind of one-on-one -on -one change with an individual or a family, you know, whoever I was working with in the community mental health center. But I also began to, to identify uh, gifts at macro change uh, because I would identify gaps for my kids. And I'd go to the director of the mental health center and go, hey, what about, can we do a summer program? Because my kids really need a summer program. And the, the director, thank God, would go, I don't know, figure it out. And I'd go, really? He'd go, yeah, figure it out. i go, okay. And so, you know, summer programs, therapeutic preschools, uh, you know, new ways to serve that we could get paid for, right, yeah. and still operate. And uh, so that's how my career took off is just this. And for, by the way, as a social worker, social work is all about systems theory. It is about identifying who is the identified patient and helping them identify for themselves uh, how they define success. What are their goals? What are their outcomes? And then as a social worker, you really just help them access all of the different systems in life. There's financial systems, there's employment systems, there's family systems, there's, you know, uh, welfare systems. And so the goal is to help them find out and connect with all of these varying systems to achieve whatever they, however they define themselves as success. Mm. And today, Shane, sitting in the seat, and I am sitting in the seat as the CEO of Promises too. So I am the CEO, chairman of the board of Promises Behavioral Health, and I do social work every day. That's what I do. And so, you know, my job today is to treat this great big, sometimes dysfunctional family system called Promises Behavioral Health. <laughs> and so my, I, yeah. when I do a strategic plan for this company, it is the exact same thing as a treatment plan for a family. Mm. It is short-term measurable goals, long-term objectives, uh, empowering the people to access the resources needed to accomplish however they define success for themselves. Uh, and so long story short, uh, you know, in my 35 years, I have been urban, 
rural, not-for-profit, for-profit, publicly traded, privately held, uh, facility-based, uh, you know, community-based. Yeah. And so, uh, but I, you know what, today, Shane, I love coming into work uh, every day. Um, I am, uh, I love the team that I work with here. Uh, I feel fulfilled, uh, you know, and so, you know, you kind of check those boxes. Uh, I have never chased the money. Um, I have followed that purpose and that passion. And, you know, it's kind of surprising to me to look back and go, I'll be damned. That thing kind of worked out. The <laughs> trick for me yeah. is the trick for me is to not pat myself on the back too uh-huh. quickly because my ego yeah. Uh, is also the same size as that VCR used to be. My, I, my egos can be the size of Nebraska. <laughs> so if I don't, if I don't check yeah. that, if I don't check that shit at the door first thing in the morning, when I get up, you know, my ego gets way out ahead of yeah. me. And so so I, my goal is just show up and be motivated by love. So that's why that's I'm good. here. Glad to see you. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's good, Rob. I love that. Just show up too. That's one of my, one of my favorites. Um, I never heard a uh, social work kind of broken down like that, I guess. And it reminded me of the way, the way you were explaining it, kind of the same concept of recovery. Like I can't, I, I can't fix somebody. I can't tell somebody what to do. I can, I can share with them my experience. I can provide them resources, but at the end of the day, um, I need to guide them and, and, or at least just share. And they, they're going to have to kind of figure that out and, and, and want to do it. Otherwise, because every time I've seen that it's been different than that, the other way around, it doesn't work. Like a lot of people don't, you know, they're not ready or yeah, nobody wants to be told what to do. You see, yeah. do you see some commonalities in that? And, uh, oh my gosh. Yes. No, you, you know, of course you're speaking my language. You know, we today, what is it? 2020 today, yeah. we have evidence-based labels that we put on that. Hmm. And we now call that motivational interviewing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, but the, the reality of that is that you're exactly right in the recovery fellowship. It is perfect modeling. Um, and so let me give you an example. Um, you know, uh, you know, people show up at our doors and if we're bringing our own biases to the table, then we're trying to get them to be like us or follow our agenda. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what are most people, particularly people in, in, you know, in our fellowships, they're immediately going to go into resistance. Oh, about yeah. that. And so we label them. We label them resistant to treatment or manipulative or they're not going to follow the rules or they're not complying with what we're asking them to do. And unfortunately, even today, even in 2020, there are treatment programs that kick people out for that. And that's part of what brought me into the recovery industry was I would say to, you know, treatment teams, okay, if we're kicking them out, and, and by the way, I thought that's why they came here in the first place was that they were manipulative, resistant, didn't follow the rules. And I thought that's actually why they came here. So they're, if we expected them to be any different, well, then clearly we're missing the boat. Yeah. <laughs> and so if that's why they're here and we're kicking them out, who are we sending them to? Cause obviously somebody's doing a better job than we are. Yeah. So, you know, so motivational interviewing is about, and this is really, it is about finding someone else's small little seed of motivation. What is it that brought them to the door in the first place? Mm. Right. Yeah. And so to give you an example, I had a kid, 21 year old kid, had been homeless on the streets of Santa Barbara for a year and a half when his uh, family, uh, his mom and Ken Seeley found him and brought him to treatment. Uh, and I became his therapist for quite a while. And this kid, not only his brain was so blown out on crystal meth, 
you know, and talking, you're, you're talking your typical scabs on the face, oh, man. Uh, psychotic, psychotic, you know, borderline psychotic. And so, and just reactive to everything. And so, you know, he came in. And so if I had, if I had hit him with what a lot of treatment centers do, which is to basically start trying to break through the denial. Yeah. Can't you see the? Can't you yeah. see the scabs on your face? And can't you see that you're homeless? And can't you see that you're not eating well? And you're, you weigh 95 pounds and, you know, well, you know what? He was just like, I don't have a problem. Yeah. I don't know what your problem is, but I don't have a problem. Wow. And so, so the reality was he came in that way. He didn't, A, he didn't want treatment. He was perfectly content living on the streets of Santa Barbara. He had his own little routines worked out and he was getting his fix and he was blowing his brain out on crystal meth and he had no intention of staying at all. And, um, so, you know, my first time sitting down with him, I basically said, you know, said, well, what is it that you want to accomplish while you're here? Well, I don't have a, I don't have a problem. It's, and he finally, he finally said, I just got to get my mom off my back. Uh-huh. And I, and I, I basically said, well, dude, I think I can help you with that, <laughs> you know? And, and yeah. you could kind of see his little gears just kind of stripped. It stripped yeah. his gears a little bit. Smoke kind of came out of his ears and he was like, wait. And I said, yeah, you know, do you want to get your mom off your back? well yeah i would love that okay well let's let's uh, if we don't do anything else while you're here let's work on getting your mom off your back and we were kind of off to the races i don't mind telling you he was the biggest challenge oh, oh my god he was a challenge yeah um but he has a college degree now he's got a family he's got kids uh he's doing well but but you know the reality of and and if you want to take the scientific term motivational interviewing the reality of motivational interviewing is that you're showing up with somebody. You're in a place of complete acceptance. Yeah. You are motivated by love, compassion, and empathy, and you just come alongside them. And if that doesn't sound like the fellowship, I don't know what does. <laughs> you just come alongside yeah. them and you just love that. You love them down the path, yeah. whatever their path is and however they define it. You just come alongside them. You go, man, yeah. I'm still going to be here. You know what? You can yeah. just call me every name in the book. I've heard it before, but I'm still going to be here for you. That's good, man. I love that story too. That's great. So, and and so it's always nice too when you hear that there there was some success involved at the end too. You know, it went on yeah. to uh, actually get some help and and uh, have a family. And you you reminded me uh, there's a book by Bob Goff called Love Does, and uh, we we did a uh, we did a book study on this a while back. And for some reason, when you were just saying that, when you're when you're running alongside of people and just showing up and being there with empathy and love, which by I just want to say just for the record like i am not always the best at that so i'm not not claiming to be still in process still learning very very much along the way but um i do know from just stories like that and just some personal experience too it definitely seems to work out a lot better um when we're able to do that you know just being there just love love does right Yeah. Yeah. yeah um so i you, you mentioned earlier um, about a saying that you that you use uh, facilitate connection through service to others. Right. So I, I kind of wanted to, to 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 touch on that real quick, being um, one of the greatest things I've learned in, in recovery and just and still continue to learn is service. Right. Just serving others and even just kind of what we were saying, walking along others and empathy and love. Um, what does that mean? Like, what does that mean to you and how how does that uh, how do you. How do you kind of, how do you operate in that? And then the other thing too, I know I'm throwing like three questions at once, but they're all just fulfilling my head right now. Um, I love that you, you said earlier that 
you you found your purpose in that and i thought that's really that's really interesting and really cool at the same time because not a lot of people um know what you know they don't get that sign so much so i mean what what are your thoughts on that can you break it down a little bit yeah you know um there i, I would encourage you and or your listeners to look up a it's actually a pretty old a pretty old uh, simon Sinek um youtube video mm-hmm. uh, understanding the why and uh, it's there's an edited version that's like five minutes long uh, but that really that now that let me be clear that talks about companies and company purpose uh, but the, the the same applies for me uh, in terms of personally that when I say to Shane Raymer look I have I'm incredibly grateful and it was not an easy path but the path that brought me to seeing clearly what my personal purpose is on this earth which is the driving force for me yeah. uh, is that my given the gifts, talents, strengths, weaknesses, experiences, pain, suffering, whatever, they've all brought me to this place where I have great clarity of my personal purpose. And that is that I'm here to facilitate connection. I'm really good at that. I've been given that gift to facilitate connection through service to others. Now that you, you know what all that means, Shane connection is not just connecting people. And for you and I, who used to, you know, see each other at the conferences, I, I walked around saying, who are you? Why are you here? What are you trying to accomplish? And I'd go, oh, cool. You need to meet Shane Raymer, you know? And I'd go, you yeah. need to go talk to that guy. Yeah. That, that guy is, he's one of the ones you're looking for. You just don't know it yet. You yeah. need to go see him. So, you know, not only do I do that, but uh, I really do believe, and I, and I love that uh, saying uh, that the opposite of addiction is connection. Mm. You know, addiction is an isolating disease. It is completely an isolating disease. And it is when people enter the fellowship, they go to treatment for the first time, they, the light bulbs begin to go off in their heads. And that's why we call it fellowship, right? Yeah. That we can't do this alone. You can't, you can't get through COVID. You can, maybe you can, you're going to be miserable as hell, but you can't get through COVID-19 alone. Thank God we have connections, you know, that we have ways to connect with others. And it's in the, it's in the process of connecting with others that we learn so much about ourselves. So, you know, facilitating, facilitating connection through service to others. So that for me, and if I, if we had the time, I would say Shane Raymer, you know, in the brief amount of time that you are here on this earth, have you had a chance to really put your finger on uh, with your higher powers guidance and your sponsors guidance? Have you been able to put your finger on what your purpose is on this earth? And I suspect given that we're on this podcast together, I suspect that we would have some very common threads Mm -hmm. together because then if my purpose connects with Shane's, Shane's connects with Kathy Frossard's and Kathy's connects with Callie's and Callie's connects with Carly's, then suddenly we begin to build a collective purpose and we begin to have a purpose. We have, we begin to have a community purpose and, and our community purpose begins to shine a light and bring healing to the table in the middle of our community. And so, you know, I don't, I can't facilitate uh, connection through service to, to others by, uh, you know, vandalism, violence, hatred, they just don't fit. They just don't fit. Yeah. And so, you know, we get to kind of hold hands together and go, wait a minute, guys, let's talk about what service and love look like. The, the second piece of that purpose statement for me is there is no better way to break down my ego, uh, uh, than in serving, uh, you know, call it sponsoring others. Uh, because as soon as I think I have all the answers and that I'm the bomb, you know, I am absolutely the bomb. 
and then people won't do what I suggest and they don't follow directions, you know, and suddenly, you know, and I'm like, Oh my God, I'm clearly, I'm a failure because nobody will do. And, and, but the reality is if I show up, if I just show up, as we just said, if I just show up and I am fully motivated by love, not by ego, Mm. uh, by love, um, and I come alongside people, um, then, then frankly, you know what, everything works out. So we have our collective purpose, and then the, the tasks that we do, they're just nuts and bolts, man. They're just 20% of what we do. Yeah. So as a company, we just recently redefined our purpose and our mission, vision, and values as a company. Yeah. And we have been, and that came from the ground up. We gathered that information from our people in the field. It didn't come from an ivory tower over here in the office yeah. somewhere. It didn't come, <laughs> it didn't come out of my head. Yeah. We gathered through a bunch of survey tools from the field and defined uh, our company why. Yeah. And I, so that has been building this alignment of purpose uh, across everyone who works here, because when we're in alignment and we're showing up motivated by love and compassion, honest to God, Shane, they were 80% down the path of success. The other 20% is just, you know, yeah. fill in the progress note or punch the button or, you know, answer the phone. You can teach anybody that stuff. Yeah. Oh, no, that's good. Rob, I, I got to say, I got to give a shout out to my sponsor, Buddy, right now, just because I feel like I'm talking to him right now, Rob. Like, you guys speak a lot of the same language. It's good, <laughs> man. Yeah, he's going he's gonna to crack up when he hears this now, too. And and you said something one of the, that I've heard him say in uh, early on when him and I started working together. He said, the older I get, the less I know. And I was like, man, that's good. Like, because it's yeah. it takes us out of that sense of like I was saying earlier, I have an issue with that. I know I got to know, I need to know this, need to know that you get kind of sucked into that ego gets it. I mean, it's all, it's a big mess, man. And so just simplicity wise, love and just trying to be kind and serve. And I know it's hard, it's even hard for me to say sometimes because it seems counterintuitive to what I want to do. Um, yeah. but I guess that's just why it's a practice and it's not, I, you know, we don't just arrive. We're not there one day. Okay. I'll, God, we're fixed. Like, no, it's a constant journey, man, of work. And just like you keep saying, just showing up. So love that. Let me take a quick drink of coffee here. (laughs) Yeah, you go right ahead. Are you drinking coffee too, Rob? Yeah, did you see my, uh, I can get almost a whole pot in this. Oh, nice. It stays warm. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, Yeah. I'm not without my vices, brother. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> me either, me either. But they're much better than they were back in the day. So they're much better good. than they yeah. were. I, here, I, I'm also chewing nicotine gum. So oh, wow. There you I, go. I hadn't smoked in probably 15 years, man. And, and what I can say is that I'm not going to die, hopefully, I'm not going to die of lung cancer. I'm not yeah. going to die of lung cancer, but I'm still taking nicotine and caffeine all day long. <laughs> that is funny. Well, gosh, I mean, yeah, it's it's a, it's a, it's a stress time right now, too. Just there's so much going on. And it's, <laughs> Man, you know, we, we, uh, we do the best we can, but, um, so, well, Carly uh, and, and, uh, uh, Carly, Callie, you mentioned Kathy, I just want to give a shout out to the whole team over there. You guys are awesome. I love coming together. I love being a part of this. So thank you for that. Um, Carly also had me check out a blog post that you wrote, uh, titled coping with fear of the unknown, uh, yeah. which I know I've mentioned a couple of times. It's, it's, uh, 
you know, there's been some struggles lately for myself, for a lot of us. Uncertainty is a big one. That that means to me, I have to completely, wait a minute, hold on a second here. I got to completely 100% rely on God? Like, no, like I know I'm supposed to do that, but it's a hell of a lot easier said than done. Um, so I know, uh, you know, we, we talked a little bit before. What is coping with the fear of unknown? Uh, you had some tools here, gratitude, the serenity prayer, breath, reflection, empathy. I mean, there's some good tools there to kind of deal with that. Yeah. Um, you know, that I put that article out, uh, in March, man, you know, when I think that's when it was, um, and, and it came from, and by the way, I, I'm not a, I don't participate, uh, personally in a lot of social media. Um, my ego, my ego can't handle it, uh, honestly. And so, uh, I, I really, I only use, uh, LinkedIn to, uh, you know, to connect, uh, professionally, et cetera. And so that's where my articles show up. They show yeah. up at LinkedIn. Then, of course, you know, Kathy and Callie and Carly, they take those and do whatever they want to with yeah. them. But, <laughs> but uh, LinkedIn is a professional purpose uh, tool for me. And uh, when, if you kind of think all the way back, right, we started, we, those of us that were seeing the news at the end of April and then into the first week of March, mm -hmm. and you're like, what in the world? There's something going on in Seattle. What is that about? Uh and so we started pushing out guidance and communication. It's just, uh, I think work life is just a reflection of real life or it should be anyway. And so uh, as we began to push out communication about just, you know, reminders about general infection control or trying to, to do what you can within your, you know, what's in your control and what's not in your control. Right. Yeah. And we would push that stuff out. Well, pretty quickly, uh, you know, we could hear the fear from uh, the field, from our staff, from ourselves, you know, you can't, you kind of go, Oh my God, what does this mean for me? What does this mean for us, for my family, et cetera. And so, you know, just uh, again, I don't know that we've as collectively as a people have been as challenged uh, uh, collectively with fear as we have in this year and in this pandemic. And so I doubt I put anything in that article that would be news to you. Um, but the, the basic tools were kind of my own tools, right? And I talk about uh, inserting a lot of pauses. Uh, and uh, do you remember a recovery comedian named uh, Mark Lundholm? That, uh, you know, his, that, guy his, uh, that guy saved my life. And you know what? Yeah. I, I met him the third day I was in treatment up here in Sebastopol. And so, yeah, I got to see his, he, yeah, he, he had some, some huge uh, impacts for sure. But yes, he's yeah. solid. Yeah. Well, if you remember his shtick, uh, you know, to, to the recovery community, his shtick was first thought wrong. Yep. You know, it was it because, you know, the insanity, it, we're, the insanity always leads. Yeah. And so the first thing that comes to mind for us, if you really step back and look at it, you go, that's the stupidest thing I've ever, seen, you know, thought <laughs> in, my, in my life. And the words, yeah. you know, the words that will come out of our mouths and the actions that we take. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, if you really take those and pick them apart, you've got a whole comedy shtick just yeah. about the first things that go through our minds that are truly insane. Yeah. And so uh, uh, not only kind of that conversation, but the practice of mindfulness and slowing down, recognizing the emotions for what they are when they hit and they are just passing. I'm not defined by my emotions, whether they're fear or rage or, you know, uh, anger uh, and, and the terror, you know, even in, in COVID-19. 
So it was about slowing down, inserting the pause, taking deep breaths and examining where we're at. And then the, and then really the biggest one I've already talked about, which was then replace fear with gratitude and go, what do I, you know, there's so much that I have today that I didn't have that I'm just, Oh my gosh, you know, and I'm going to show up. Uh, I'm going to be honest. Uh, I also talked, I think I talked about, you know, expressing, sharing, talking, turning the light on, uh, not being alone, connecting with others. Um, you know, let me, let me count. And, and if you also watch the news, uh, empathy shows up when you re- when you recognize that there are so many who are way worse off than you and I are. It's always easy to kind of step back, you know, get your head up out of the sand, look around and go, okay, the best tool I have is to recognize those around me that are suffering and start moving into service. Mm-hmm. Service gets me out of my ego. It gets me out of my fear. Uh, it puts me in a place of showing up, being present, being motivated by love, period. That's kind of yeah. it. Okay, well, okay. There's a lot going on around me that I cannot control. Well, what can I control? You know what? I can give a kind word. I can give a word of encouragement. I can step into gratitude. Uh, you know, my goodness, there is so much. And honestly, you know, I would I would assume most of my audience, the vast majority of my audience, when I'm posting an article, they're not in recovery. Yeah. Uh, and so, it, it, you know, they haven't heard the common language or the common phrases that we use. And so, you know, I got a, I got a lot of gratitude expressed, but all I'm doing is just pushing out basic, simple tools mm. uh, for life. You know, yeah. that's kind of what I'm yeah. pushing out. And, you know, the opening pages of the big book say we've discovered a way of life that we believe could be helpful to anybody, <laughs> yep. anybody <laughs> out there. And so, you know, uh, where I have the opportunity. Uh, Shane, I weave in uh, really good, obviously solid uh, recovery principles because they are, they can be successful for Mm -hmm. anyone in life. Uh, And they're not hard. You know, the drill, they are simple. They're really simple. Just be aware and start taking the next right action. Yeah, that's good. Showing up. You you mentioned two tools for life. Uh, I know you put out a, a new article, I think that just came out uh, uh, Monday, um, mm-hmm. about chronic disease conditions. Uh, and, and guys listening, I'll be sure to put all these links in the show notes so you can go back and check them out. Um, but tell us a little bit about about tools for life and what that what that entails. Yeah, again, you know, maybe it's a sneaky way of getting recovery principles out there, but yeah, um, I like it. <laughs> you know, you know, it's funny because it's funny because we talk about all of these we all we all have our months, right? You got breast cancer awareness month and you got, you know, uh, prostate cancer month and yeah. so, uh, you know, all I really did in in recognizing National Recovery Month is I said, "Hey, by the way, look at what we share this month with. Uh, we share it with a number of other chronic disease conditions. And, uh, and I simply call out that, uh, you know, whether you're in recovery or not, that there are some really solid tools for life uh, for basically every chronic, and there's some real common threads, right? There are some real common threads. And I talk about is, do you think that there is some value in living a life of accountability? Of having of having a loving group of advisors, uh, a loving group of mentors, a loving group of sponsors, friends in the fellowship, who are willing to tell you the truth in love, come alongside you, and hold you accountable 
to simply yeah. call out when you're not living uh, a healthy life as you could. And, and I, I'm talking about breast cancer. I'm talking about prostate cancer. I'm talking about sickle cell anemia. Mm. Uh, and so many of us probably have friends who are diabetics. Yep. And, you know, if you have a chronic disease condition, then you can't, and you have diabetes, you can't go around eating Twinkies and ice cream all day long. Yeah. Because what's going to happen? You're going to get sick and you're even going to put yourself at risk of death. Mm -hmm. And so I call out accountability. Uh, I call out fellowship. Uh, I call out structure, predictability, and consistency. And I even say in the article, dare I use the word discipline? Because, uh, uh, you know, if you've listened to any of uh, Mark Houston's uh, old recordings, uh, you know, before he passed on, one of his, one of his phrases was, discipline is the horse I ride. <laughs> and, uh, and so I really talk about having uh, a structured approach to life, which is what yeah. the 12 steps are, right? Yeah. And, and all of the suggestions that are, are found in the big book, uh, which is, you know, having a morning practice, uh, you know, uh, having, having some predictability structure, you know, you're making calls, you're going to meetings, you're, you're working the steps, you're, you know, let me count the ways that, that if you, uh, if you follow, you know, that you have a structured, predictable uh, way of approaching life. And there's, there's probably no better time for people who are having chronic disease conditions to go, what is, I, I now have to shift. This was unexpected. I didn't have prostate cancer. Suddenly I do. What does that mean for me? You know, first thing in the morning, it has everything to do with how you live your life now. Um, and not the least of which, am I following a regimen that has been defined for me by people who are professional and care uh, about yeah. me. And um, so I really just kind of draw some common threads between accountability, fellowship, structure, predictability, and consistency. Um, and, uh, and, and doing the kinds of things to, to strike life balance. And I also call out uh, people who've come before us uh, who, uh, and actually I use the words because we talk about being in recovery. Yeah. Well, if you have diabetes, breast cancer, or uh, uh, prostate cancer, you use the terms in remission. Uh, and, so, and so I say, I talk yeah. about recovery and remission mm -hmm. and I said, they're synonymous yeah. and they are, are we doing the things on a daily basis to keep our diseases in remission? Yeah. Because if all the stuff I was doing uh, before my prostate cancer popped up, if I'm still living my life the same old way that I was, um, you know, then uh, my chances of falling out of remission are much higher, yeah. Yeah. much higher. But if I have good orderly direction, you know, structure predictability, I have accountability, I have fellowships, I'm not isolating. Uh, and so all of the things that I need to do to uh, uh, not be in self-pity, yeah. uh, resentment, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and so what are the things that I need to do? And so I kind of draw the, um, the common threads yeah. between all of the chronic disease conditions that we recognize. Uh, and, and for our audience, Shane, to, to, to come to terms with the fact that there is no cure, uh, and that my disease can rear its ugly head at any yeah. moment. And, uh, but I can't live in fear about that, mm -hmm. but there are things very predictable, very simple, straightforward things that I can do every day to yeah. keep my disease in remission. There is a, uh, there's or one of my routines is, is walking the dog in the morning. It's kind of my meditation session. So meditation, yeah. prayer, I, I, 
I tend to have a hard time sitting still some sometimes. So like I've noticed walking is a lot better for me. Um, I can kind of just zone out and get in that kind of drop into that. Well, doing that, um, I met a guy named Scott and Scott, he has, he has one of the three, it's like a three wheel bike, you know? And so you, you yeah. lay back in it. Right. And right. we would see each other for, you know, every, often, you know, we'd always wave, Hey, what's up, man? And well, eventually we got to chatting and I found out, he's had Lou Gehrig's disease for like 10, 10 years, right? He was a, he used to be a teacher, just the nicest guy. He's always got a joke for me now too. Some funny, funny joke. But, um, the only reason I bring this up is just, it's relatable to what you're saying. And this guy's attitude, Scott's attitude about life and about staying positive and opportunity about what he can do. And he gets out and rides, you know, X amount of miles every day. It's like nothing I've ever seen before. The guy has every reason in the world to sit back and be pissed off and complain about stuff and not get out of bed every day. I'm sure, you know what I mean? But the attitude in that is, is absolutely amazing. So every time I see him, man, it's always, I love talking to him anyways because he's got a funny joke, but um, it's just a reminder that, you know, we have a choice, I guess, to, to operate out of fear, out of love, out of positivity, all that, all that stuff. It's a lot of what you're saying. Yeah. You know, and so uh, we don't need to, we don't need to have closed communities. And, and I think everybody listening can relate to this. You know, you can either hang out with, just your friends in recovery and just go to your fellowship and screw the rest of the world. Yeah. Uh, or, <laughs> or you can take everything that you have now learned and the, the gifts that are being given to you uh, yeah. on a daily, on a daily basis. And you become a light in the world mm. uh, for all of the suffering that is surrounding us. And so your friend on the three where that there's ever anybody who's entitled to wake up in the morning completely in self pity and go, I oh, screw it. I'm not going to ride my bike today. Yeah. And, and he pays the, he pays the price for that tomorrow because he's locked up. He can't move. He's feeling terrible and he's deeper in self pity. And so, yeah, you know, there's just an opportunity to be a light in the world come alongside people completely in love and let them see that light on your face. And you don't have to go, Oh yeah, you know, I'm in recovery. And you know, it's just, you just show up in love. Yeah. You just show up in love. You'd be a light in the world and you go, I'm, I'm by the way, I'm really, you're an inspiration to me that I see you out every day on this bike and you really inspire me. And I just want to thank you for that. Yeah. You know, it's good. It's good, man. Well, I know we're right up against, uh, up against some time right here. So I just, uh, Number one, I just want to say thank you. Like, I feel it's funny, man. You know, a lot of the time, this is a podcast, obviously, but I really feel like it's, I've just gotten a lot out of this personally. Just, it, you know, we're going, we're all going through a lot right now, man. It's been tough. And so I just want to thank you for that. I also want to thank you for taking the time to come on and just talk to everyone who's listening out there, uh, being right. just yeah. a solid resource. Um, if we kind of wrap this thing up today, one of the big, questions that I get often from people. In fact, I just had one yesterday and uh, I sent out the number to promises. A lot of people have different situations. Um, oh, they, yeah. you know, they, maybe they don't have a lot of money, insurance purposes. I know you guys do a great job of, like you said earlier, connecting people, you know what I mean? Just right. making there to serve there to serve others. So, um, if someone wanted to reach out today, if someone needed some help, um, you know, obviously promises is there too. And just in general though, too, what, what advice would you give someone who's just really struggling right now? Well, you know, there's probably no more, uh, courageous act, uh, especially for, you know, folks who are struggling with the stigma, you know, you take all the 
challenges we have physically, emotionally, you know, with, with addiction and mental illnesses. So there's no more courageous act that you can take than just going online or picking up the good old fashioned phone. I know it's may feel like it weighs 50 pounds, but there's no more, there is no more courageous act than to say, I don't, I can't do this anymore. Uh, I give up and I need help. And, and you just, you just ask. And it is the same way that I hope people will walk into a fellowship. Um, and, uh, you know, just recognize that there's no value in fear. Uh, it's just going to drag you down. And so take that first step, uh, walk into a fellowship, join a zoom meeting and, or give us a call, you know, at promises and just begin that process of connection. The power of the desire to isolate, uh, and live in your head is terrifying. So mm-hmm. take that one step today. Yeah, that's good, man. Well, thank you again so much for coming on. Shout out to the team, Kathy, Carly, Callie, everyone there. Love you guys. Um, and just uh, th- thank you so much, Rob. I greatly appreciate it, man. Good to see you, Shane. All right. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope something spoke to you today. Uh, We'll put all the links to everything we chatted about today in the show notes. So feel free to check those out. Um, Love you guys. Connect with us on Instagram at real that sober guy at Shane Raymer on Twitter. Have a great day, everyone. Thanks again.